Walton, you want to do a podcast? Let's do a podcast. You want to do a podcast, Ben? Let's do it. Welcome to Their Very Best, a podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about TV on the radio. And we're so excited for this episode because we have a special guest. I want to introduce Ben Barton, who I'll just say I've been listening to podcast for a couple of years, like through the pandemic, because Ben is one of the hosts on 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, which is, I could have a whole podcast about their podcast, but I listened to that <laughs> podcast through the pandemic. I love, I love your show, and my feelings of imposter syndrome are all about trying to like measure up to what you guys do and oh, I, that is a- hilarious because <laughs> i am an extra unqualified person i promise you you have a drum set behind you so you're way more qualified than i am um and i i've been listening to recent episodes and i believe i can't remember which one of you guys used the word contrapuntal to describe something in music that so. sounds like a waldron that's impressive that's impressive right i'm certified there. to use that word and and a few others but not too many more than that i'm just really glad you're here Thanks for joining us. Oh, I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. I love you guys' work. I love the podcast. So it's I'm, I'm super psyched. Don't love you Would you rather that I start with the story of TV on the radio or the story of why this is my favorite band of the 2000s? Well, I know that it's your favorite band of the 2000s. I overheard this in one of your episodes on the 5050 podcast. And so I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about TV on the radio. And this guy, Ben, is super psyched about it. I bet we could con him into coming onto our podcast <laughs> oh, and indeed. talking about TV on the radio. And so it worked. <laughs> oh, and just to clarify, um, you asked my buddy Jeff to do this. And he did a seven minute descent podcast where he basically did nothing. He was like, yeah, I enjoyed your podcast. And you texted me and you're like, would you like to do this? I was like, sure, I'd love to. And they're like, oh, you're the host. You choose the songs. You drive the bus. So I got right. the short end of the stick for sure. Yeah, definitely. There's a bait and switch aspect here. But, you know, it's funny. We don't really do the voice of descents anymore. We um, nobody disagrees with us. That's yeah, why. We're just oh, right. That must be it. I love it. Yeah. Waldron, will you will you start us with ambulance? Okay, ambulance. I'm glad that we get straight into the music. I was hoping for that. Same. So this is uh, a song on the first TV on the radio record. It's a completely a cappella song, and it's a weird song, but it's actually very emblematic of them and what I like about them. So TV on the radio forms in 2001. Dave Sitek and Tunde Adabimpe are living together in a loft in Williamsburg, and it's like a little artist colony. Like, Dave Sitek is painting and selling his paintings on the street in Soho, and Tunde Adebimpo is working as an animator on Celebrity Deathmatch. (laughs) Like, many other bands, they're an art school band, right? The Rolling Stones are an art school band. Talking Heads are an art school band. The Beatles are an art school band. I will be your 
This is what these dudes are. They're visual artists who are hanging out and they're all they're just like multi-instrumentalist super interesting so things. ben we have a an acronym for this um aspm art students performing music which we feel is distinct from musicians who went to art school so beatles rolling stones a lot of the pink floyd guys i think they were musicians and they were in art school whereas B-52s, Talking Heads. I think of these as really um, art school people who chose music as opposed to musicians who chose... Oh, well, rock on. Then this is half and half because Dave Sittek was in bands all the way through high school. And in fact, he declined to start a band with Tunde Adebimpe because he was done with being in bands. (laughs) (laughs) It's too annoying. I hate working with other people. (laughs) Anyhow... He gets a gig being the producer for the first Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record. And he knows okay. nothing about production or how to record an album. How, how do you get a gig like that? Because they're all hanging out in Brooklyn. Like, it's a total Brooklyn hipster scene. Yeah. And they're all hanging out with the AIS people. And it's uh, similar to London in the 60s or Seattle in the 90s. Right. New York in 2000 is a gold rush. Um, they're just signing every band they can find. So the AAS get signed and they're like, yeah, we'd like our buddy Dave to do this. Do you think that's the Strokes effect? Oh, totally. It's 100% okay. because of the Strokes. Okay. So Sittek's like, I don't know anything about producing a record. I'll produce a record with me and Tunde. And it's called OK Calculator. And of course, it's <laughs> right. not available. Like you can't find it on Spotify. But if you go to um, Bandcamp, you can find it. It's borderline unlistenable, but also fascinating. Like, just absolutely amazing and bizarre. Does this tell us that Radiohead's a huge influence? Radiohead is one of their huge influences, and one of the things that's super likable about this band is the blend of people. So Sitek was in a bunch of hardcore bands when he was in high school. Tunde Adebimpe is, his parents are first-generation Nigerian immigrants, and so he's a basically born in Pittsburgh, and but it's got a strong Nigerian flavor to it. Gerard Smith and Kit Malone, the other members of the band, um, are African-American dudes. And so they're bringing this like great blend of musical influences into the songs. And they come up with this sort of mix that's just really, really undeniable and bizarre. Do you know if they take turns sort of writing these songs like they do absolutely okay, okay a bunch of them are malone songs a bunch of them are sitek songs and a bunch of them are Adebimpe songs i thought that they were and sometimes they co-write mm. but yeah they're they're really they're blended in that fashion um and they work together on the music which is amazing hmm. so i would love to figure out which is the one of these guys that brings the songs that i like because i like i'm hoping it's going to be a mix you're hoping I'll not I have identified like one person and that taste. Okay. I could see why I'm, you I'm hoping you're gonna like a bunch of songs that are different people. So that was so so that was ambulance. If what same record, if you will play the staring at the sun demo, just fifteen seconds, you'll hear what the demos sound like that Adam Payment. So you can hear Ambulance is just his demo. They just put his demo onto the record. Hmm. And this is just him singing into a four track because in 2000, this, this record goes on 2004. They record these songs in two and three. He can't play any instruments. He's just looping his own singing into it. Now, if you'll stop. 
Just play the first 25 seconds of the actual Staring at the Sun to hear what the band brings to it. You hear how fantastic that is? And dude, like that, that like humming bass sound, that's Sitek for sure. He is a fantastic, unbelievable producer, um, and he just brings this music to life. Is that vocal to Indiana Bimpe? That is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So in this this song, similar to Ambulance, you can really hear, they've got a looping drone thing going that's a thread throughout all of their work. One of the interesting things about the, um, what, about the credits of who plays what in the band on the Wikipedia page is that all of them are credited for playing loops. Loops oh, is totally. one of the things, yeah, and no, they're, sure. they're all singing. They're all singing, um, you know, a cappella as a as an instrument, you know, voice as an instrument, which is not the same as just singing the lyrics. It's different, yeah. right? So the first two albums are critical superstars. It's the third album that's the record of the year, the album that really, really, really hooked people, and it's the album that hooked me too. So my first daughter's born in 2001, and my second daughter's born in 2003. That was a tough stretch from 2001 to 2008. Um, Super busy. My wife ran for school board for the first time in 2003. Um, I had to get tenure, so I couldn't get fired. Like, I was just humping it super hard. 2008, my daughters are seven and five. It's the year that they're in second grade in kindergarten. It's the first year where they're both in school full time. I'm tenured at at the law school. Good job. And I was actually wondering, I was like, will I ever love a band? Will I ever love an album the way I did when I was in my 20s? (laughs) Like I might just pass that, right? Mm -hmm. When Dear Science came out, first song halfway home right 25 seconds in i was like oh my god i was like these guys made the leap they made the leap now i loved the first two records but this record i was like oh this is my favorite band for for decades it's like my favorite band since pearl jam i just it blew my mind so you were already into them a little bit and had heard the first two albums, and then they dropped I this had. thing, and you were like, okay. Oh, this one just absolutely blew my mind. I typically like uh, lyrics that are much clearer that tell the story songs. This album is super elliptical, and this is a perfect version of it. I've heard this song, I actually looked it up on my iTunes, I've heard this song 97 times. <laughs> That's how many times I've listened to this song. I still don't know what it's about. I have a really firm vibe about what it means to me, but I can't say, like they like Seeds or um, Ambulance, I have a pretty good idea what those songs are about, but this one is just like super opaque to me, but in a beautiful way. Like I just absolutely captures a time in my life and a feeling. I couldn't love this song anymore. This is their very best. 
This is my favorite oh, okay. TV on the radio song. Basically, I have the Bills Galactic problem. Like, I love <laughs> yep. this band so much, it's hard to choose. But if we're going to choose one song, this is the song. It's Well, I won't override that because I'm not allowed to, but I'm hoping you'll choose my one song that I found in here that I thought, okay, this needs to be on like three of my different playlists. Oh, dude, rock on. It's going to be really, like, I won't object, I promise. I really, really like their material, but this is the one that just speaks to me the strongest. I heard this one when I was checking them out. Like, this is, I think, one of the ones that Spotify is like, if you're interested in checking out this band, this is one we recommend you start with. Well, dude, and you're the drummer, man. Like, I really, really, really like the drum track on this. Like, it yeah. sounds a little, um, is it linear, Bill? I mean, I can't really. I might need you to turn it up a little bit. No, it's not, because you can hear the hi-hat eighth notes, right? And the toms are okay. in sync with that. Linear, it's like every drum, any like slot in the music, it's, you're only going to hear one drum. Sitek is a big noise music guy, too. Like the great song Quartz, which I sadly could not select because I only have five. In Quartz, there's a sound that you can't recognize, and it's him dropping a drumstick into a piano <laughs> like on top of the strings. This goes clang, 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 That's clang. Awesome. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of found noises in these songs. Let's listen to this uh, dropped. What was it now? It dropped. He's dropping a drumstick into a piano, like on top of the string. That's great. This won't count against your final tally. <laughs> And this is another elliptical love song. Do you hear that? How much do I love you? Oh, man. I remember this. <laughs> How hard must we try? Do you think that's the iconic one? Like, is that the radio hit one? No. Or is there, a, is there like, the biggest radio hit one? Um, so the songs that are most popular are not my favorite. Happy Idiot okay. is the most played one. Uh-huh. Yeah, Wolf Like Me from Return to Cookie Mountain. Uh -huh. That's the one that's the most played song. Okay. I should really give it up sometime. Should have known by the way things started. But I should really give it up sometime. And I should really give it up sometime. No reprieve for the broken hearted. Yeah, I should really give it up sometime. So yeah, so then we go to Nine Types of Light. So this is the 2011 record. The bassist dies two months after this record comes out. Um, and I think it's from lung cancer. Yep. And it's super sad. And the record has a real tinge of sadness hmm. to it. It's a beautiful, beautiful record. My favorite... Actually, this is not even my favorite song in this record, but this is the song that I wanted to play because I think it's super emblematic of them. If you will start with Repetition. So first you can hear like the that guitar part. Sitek and Kit Malone are the main guitarists, and they've got a real Michael Jackson flavor to it. Right. You hear how they like it's 
like the little little tinkling guitar part, like they're breaking apart of the chords. I love it. The, I noticed some other Michael Jackson-y guitar sounds. I forget which song it was, but it's something a little more clinky clanky, something super high um, attack, super quick attack on the strummy strummy guitar in one of these songs. So I've abused my position. So uh, this song is 2011, and it actually explains everything that happens in the next 11 years. It's a song about taking advantage of your position, stealing from your friends, and doing it again if you get away with it. Right. And like, I just can't believe how prescient this song was. Huh. Like when I think about all of the different financial crises we've had yeah. and just the behavior of uh, American institutions over this period of time, they just absolutely nailed it on this song. Yeah, I think you picked a good song on this one. Yes, I've abused my position and it cost my friends. And if the world keeps turning, I'm going to do it again. That's <laughs> so great. tough. Am I right that there's like a little bit of a departure from like a verse chorus, verse chorus kind of vibe here? Is that absolutely is that true? for sure? Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, yeah, totally. And then the last minute and a half of the song, or maybe it's the last minute, is just them screaming. My repetition, my repetition is this. They like draw out the looping. It's really literary in my mind. It's like a poem by E.E. E. Cummings. Um, right. This song just absolutely crushes me. My repetition, my repetition is this. 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 My repetition. They're very deconstructionist. Yeah. Like they take they take rock music and funk. Yeah. And definitely, there's a huge Michael Jackson vibe. And in my opinion, there's a there's a definite Nigerian like folk music thing in here. Huh. They take all of the part pieces apart and then they freaking jam them back together. Like there's African-Americans, they're children of African immigrants, there's white guys from the s suburbs of Maryland, all art students in Brooklyn just together making this beautiful, really, really, really diverse music. Yeah. People talk about diversity, but sometimes they don't actually unpack what that means. Yeah. What it means is you bring together people of different backgrounds and you get something new. That's the whole point right. of diversity, right. right? If you have all the same people doing things, then they just repeat each other. But you get this blend, this mashup, it's just magic. Let's do Seeds. Seeds is the last song on the album Seeds. And it's another elliptical love song. Like, and the, the, the reason why I chose Repetition is they do political songs, they do love songs. Um, 
The 2008 record is a huge late late era Bush record. Like there's a like a huge number of songs about invading Iraq and how fucking stupid it was. Huh. But these are my favorite. It's the elliptical love songs. Rain comes down like I always wondered what your gypsy heart would feel like. I have the feeling that you're letting me know. <laughs> like, oh, let me know too. Seeds came out in 2014, and that looks like that was the last studio album. Oh, dude, and it's a heartbreaker for me. Like, I absolutely love these guys. Yeah. Um, they barely play live, and they haven't put out any music since then. Um, and it's like, it's all, presumably it's good news for them. Sitek is a super popular producer, mm. and he writes a bunch of movie scores, so I think he's doing great. Mm hmm. Ada um has written has written stuff, solo stuff, and has also done a bunch of mm. art projects. And I think they make a decent living just off of the TV and the radio catalog. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, as a fan, like it just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen them three different times, and and one of the times was just absolutely magical. It was on the Seeds tour in Knoxville, Tennessee. And actually, you guys may know this exact thing from. Uh, Portland, Maine. I'm sorry, it's the Deer Science Tour. So it's 2008. There's a 800-seat old theater. Like, it's a theater from 110 years ago yep. called the Bijou Theater. Mm -hmm. That's where they played. And it's a Monday night in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they burn <laughs> the place down. <laughs> That's great. So there are people I've seen in Knoxville who suck, and I'm like, they might actually be good. They could just be bored because they're in Knoxville. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're just like, right, it's a right. Tuesday night. Who cares? The opposite, though, when I see somebody who just fucking murders bring, it in Knoxville, Tennessee, I'm like, Knoxville. damn, yeah. damn. Now, that's a good live act. Like, right. this is a live act that shows up to a random place like Knoxville, Tennessee on a Monday night. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to play the best show that these fuckers have ever seen. And they did. It was just freaking fantastic. Do you think that they always do it? Or is it just a great night for them? You know, because they were feeling it. Well, both. dude, I saw them. At, I saw them at Bonnaroo. And it was like at Bonnaroo, there's the daytime shows, which frequently suck. Feel, right. Yeah, it's like 98 degrees. And all this, the fans are in the sun. Nobody's into it. Um, so I saw them there. And that was a good show, not an amazing show. That was a daytime show. Yeah, but the There's show that I saw okay. in Knoxville was good enough where I would see them anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I can't wait. Basically, I can't wait to see them again. It's a great song. Oh, I love that one. That was cool. It feels like you've been going a little bit chronologically through some of these albums because you declared their very best sort of partway through. Oh, I did their very best song. My, their very best album, I think, is Seeds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and again, that's a very, that's a controversial pick. In fact, almost nobody would choose that. What's a song we can play while we talk about it? Uh, how about Trouble? Oh, here comes trouble. Put your helmet on. Quick side question. We're, we call this segment the um, Court of Family Opinion. How's the family feel about TV on the radio, Ben? It's he's been drinking. It's the family court of public what opinion. Did I, what did I say? Court of family opinion. Family public. <laughs> so I love this question. Very generous of you. Um, if you like, in the fifty years of music, I frequently give the girls, my two daughters, opinions on things. Yep. I would say that my wife is mixed on TV on the radio. <laughs> I would say that my daughters are very, very generously interested in TV on the radio. Because they know and that, um, is it because they know how much you love it? 
I think it's mostly that. Like, here's an example. I, like at dinner tonight, I was telling my older daughter, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this guest thing on the podcast. It's the very best. So I choose their very best song. And she was like, oh, are you going to choose Seeds or Halfway Home? Fact, I was like, she knows oh, your my friend. Candidates. Dude, I know. I was like, That's oh, great. made me so happy. I was like, I'm going to choose Halfway Home, but thank you for knowing. So, um, yeah. They're at least at the level where they know the names of the songs that I really, really yeah, love. That's um, great. So I think I think the quarter family opinion I would put is mixed to good on it. I keep telling myself, don't worry, be happy. Like, it just actually makes me happy. Like, hey, let me ask you about that. I, that, I heard that line and I thought, okay, because I had already been thinking, mm, do I dare say that there's a Bobby McFerrin component, oh. especially to these vocals? Because I'm a fan of Bobby McFerrin and a lot of people aren't. What do you think? Are they into it? Or, I mean, is that an homage or just happens oh, to be? Oh, that's an homage for sure. I think absolutely. Okay. I'm just noticing the bassist Gerard Smith was diagnosed, or it was announced that he had a diagnosis in March 2011, and he was deceased April 20th. So, like... Oh, but I think he'd been sick for a while. I think he was sick in the recording of the record. Oh, really? I think that's they announced okay. it, and then he died pretty quick afterward. Okay. Yeah, that's harsh. It's hard. That would be rough. Yeah, so this is a song about sort of coping with difficulties in life. Um, and this is a song that's gotten me through a lot of uh, tough times. Mm-hmm. There's something in here that's like, oh, what's that guy's album? You know that guy. He was in Genesis. If you're talking about Peter Gabriel, I then you're stealing my thunder. I am talking about Peter okay. Gabriel. You hear, but you're, you're stealing hearing... my thunder. Well, and so you're, thunder, I'm going to veto back. that. Take your thunder back. No, I'll take my thunder back when the time is right, because it's not time for my oh, is revenge that part yet. Of your, is that oh, part yeah, of your no, revenge? Dude, are you going to do your song? Let's hear your song. Well, it's unorthodox to go with my song. I'm so out of Waldron. We we make up the rules as we go along. Sometimes. I mean, I'm so excited that I noticed Peter Gabriel, and you have something to say about Peter Gabriel. So that yeah, let's hear it. That pleases me. <laughs> All right. So this song will do. Oh, this is a beautiful song. I love this. This one's going on some playlists. I don't know which ones yet, but it'll be in some of my playlists. I'm a playlist guy, Ben. Oh, me too. I just love this song. Once it gets going, it does have sort of a Peter Gabriel vibe. I think it's the vocal. Maybe you're right. Bill and I have a debate going on about whether or not it's pedestrian to choose the songs that are like highly played in Spotify and others, like the most popular songs. The official ruling is if it's their very best and other people like it too, it's still their very best. You don't have to be such a contrary nerd that you have to be the only one that likes it. Yeah, I think that's super fair. Although I mean, I will say that when I sat down to do this, maybe it turned out that my favorite songs were not the most played ones, but I would have been contrarian for sure. 
Well, the thing that's funny about it is that somebody will say you should check out Blank Band, and you go to Spot. I go to Spotify, and there's there's five songs from them, and I'm like, it's a really good like for those purposes. It's hard to beat that. It really is. That being said, if I go to Spotify for my favorite bands, I'm like, oh, really, yeah. really? Like these are the five songs that you think are the most. Okay, we're, like, we're we're writing the criteria for what makes you a super fan. Like that's one of them, right? <laughs> when you like. The things that you know no one else likes or whatever, like yeah. just, you know, when it's esoteric or early in the career. But anyhow, that's what's hard. As a super yeah. fan, the Spotify thing, I find very insulting. Mm. It is funny because I'm not like when someone's like, oh, you should check out blank. I'm not like, oh, well, tell me 25 songs to check out. I just go to Spotify and listen to the top five. And if I hate them, I'm like, well, I'm done here. And what's interesting is you now do that. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, if somebody was like, you should check out so-and-so, I'll be like, okay, I'll be sure to listen. I'll be sure to pay attention to that if it ever like crosses my transom. For me, people were like, you should check out, like you should, uh, you should check out REM. And I'm like, oh, how would I do? Like, are you suggesting I listen to WFUV in New York City? Like I'm gonna listen to college radio and hope that they play Radio Free Europe and that's how I'm gonna find out about REM. Because that is an actual thing that happened to me. <laughs> Someone's like, you like REM? And I'm like, well, I don't have the money to buy Murmur. Like I'm not gonna plunk down eight bucks to buy the LP Murmur. So then I was just like, I, they were like, you can just listen to college radio. And I was like, okay, I will. And I'm just like, hang out, <laughs> hoping that they would eventually get around to playing it. <laughs> We all had so much more time in our youth. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, dude, I'm going to do... I'll actually let you choose. Uh, nine Types of Light, you can choose either Killer Crane, which is a beautiful song about death, or Second Song, which I have no idea what Second Song is about. Ben, we've, you know, other podcasts have talked about whether lyrics are important or not, and... um have decided that they're not and I'm a fan of some of those other podcasts and Waldron and I have had that debate a little bit but I'm getting a strong feeling that lyrics are very important to you yeah so that's what's funny is that like um, they are very important to me but that being said they're, they're, these songs are really elliptical and strange and mashed up but to me like so I'm a lyrics fan I'm a poetry fan yeah. I'm an imagery fan mm -hmm. um, this band's I think actually is from of all the bands that I love, this is my favorite band for that thing. The juxtaposition of weird phrases all jammed together that create this like vibe and like a feeling for what's going on in the song. Right. Impressions. Well, one thing we have concluded is that whether or not we pay much attention to the lyrics, other people definitely don't listen to them. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> Two nights from now or three nights, we're going to be recording an episode about this band called Talk Talk. Nice. And sounds like you know them. Um, but the singer, Mark Hollis, has a vocal style that renders almost every single word he sings completely unintelligible. It's entirely <laughs> impressionistic and very effective, I think. But like, you can't tell what the lyrics are. And when you look them up, you're not sure that they've got it right, you know, in the Google machine. And you also think, what the fuck does that mean? Right? <laughs> in my opinion, the very best bands 
the lyrics are reflective of the overall vibe slash material. Right. Um, for me, TV on the radio, their music is a pastiche. Their music is jammed together found sounds. It's a crazy diverse mix of things all jammed together to create a new sound. And that's what the lyrics are like too. Like the lyrics actually match the music. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they're just one of my favorites. Like I just absolutely love how they create this group vibe by jamming it all together. Bill, this is the kind of talk that you and I should be capable of doing every episode. This is what we, this is what we aspire to. Just, first of all, I listen, you to. guys are killing it. Contrapuntal, don't, don't try and soft sell me at all. You guys do this every single episode. You're the best. Normally, normally we would begin to wrap things up by asking if it's decided for TV on the radio. And but I'm not going to ask that question. I think it's it is, pretty it is clearly decided. decided. Yeah. For sure. And so, Ben, I'll ask you to reiterate the proclamations. Yes. So my favorite record, um, and because it's my favorite, that means it is the best, uh, is Seeds. And my favorite song is Halfway Home. Okay. Everyone, please get in touch. We have Twitter, at their very best. We have Instagram, at their very best. We've got Facebook, their very best. Email, the website, it's all theirverybests.com. How do they contact us by email? Well, Billy, I'm glad you asked. Contact at their very best. And, you know, famously, you can use wrong at their very best. But now also, in addition, as promised, false, false. at their very best. <laughs> .com. You don't have a right? You don't have a things are awesome at their very best? We just assume uh, that, you know, if they like we, it, they we, keep we, listening. <laughs> we really appreciate all the five-star reviews. So we have a couple new reviews. Nice! This one is from MMTVDitcom, who wrote, title, Great Podcast. Now, wait, 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 wait. Before, before you read it, Billy, is this yeah. a, another person that you threatened, you know, in person? That you were like, you mugged somebody <laughs> this, and this said... This is not you know, an extorted review. Right. Nope, there's no blackmail. Okay. I just want to make sure. Because I saw one in there from... from it looked suspiciously like it might have been Amos's, because he's like, my dad's going to take away my soul plan if <laughs> he, if I don't leave a positive review. Yep, that and was... he left a really good one. We, look, we don't need to talk about that one, because we're talking about... Um, the review that came from MMTV.com, who wrote, as an artist, <laughs> dancer, choreographer, and music lover, these guys have some incredible views, insight, conversations with topics on hand. 100 emoji all the way. Thanks, true fan. Awesome. Appreciate the reviews, everybody. They really help us. Thank you for doing that. Every review is required five stars only <laughs> so that we can do more of these. And we are going to do more of these. So beware. Watch out. We will be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Nodeau. And thanks for listening to their very best. And thanks to Ben Barton. So much appreciate you being here. And really encourage everyone, if you if you like our podcast, you'll love 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, yeah. um, where you can hear much more of Ben Barton and his compatriots who also have amazing music commentary. So thank you, Ben, so much. All right, my friends. Thanks for having me. 